All right, good morning. We are continuing our journey through halacha of the sanctity of a Beisachnasis. And today we're going to focus on a topic that is very women related. And I hope that as time goes on, I become more enlightened. But I think as of now, prior to being enlightened, there is some beauty that I'm hopping that I, it's important to share of how Hasidus views candlelighting, which is a mitzvah related to women. But I want to just continue first our flow and a little bit of halachic background. Hilchas Yamtiv, it's also a Bhashgacha process. We are before Shavuos. We are a few days before Shavuos. I know always we spoke about Shavuos, but I feel that every year we're going through the same thing again and again. So I'm happy to be learning what we're learning now, but just one halacha of Yamtiv in general. And that is, on Shabbos, we're not allowed to create fire. On Shabbos, we're not allowed to pass fire from one flame to another flame. On Yom Tif, biblically, one is allowed to create fire. And rabbinically, since you could have created the fire before Yom Tif, the fire wouldn't have gotten used up. So we're not allowed to make a fire from scratch, Midarabanan. But if you have a pre-lit candle, we are allowed to, and not only allowed to, but we actually, we should, when it comes to the mitzvah of lighting candles, we should, when it comes to the mitzvah of preparing food, we should, when it comes to any other area where your yomtev will be enhanced because you're going to have more light. Like if it's cold, if you're living in the south of the equator, Shavuos, it's winter, and you want to light your fire. In other words, it's a mutter and a mitzvah at times. I want to focus on candles or torches or ner tamids in a shul. And the way Halacha addresses it, interestingly, is not by writing, you have to light a fire in the Beisach Nessus. Is Halacha speaking about Yom Tif, That even though on Yom Tif you are allowed to pass flame, but it has to be for Yom Tif. It has to be for Yom Tif. As opposed to... As opposed to me doing any activity on Yontif, including lighting... lighting a cigarette. Uh, I'm not talking about cigarette is another topic. No, I'm talking about the, the lighting would be not a proper use of the flame. Well, lighting a cigarette is another topic. I want to speak about... If I need um, my home lit up for Matzah Yontif, mm-hmm. because I'm having a gathering, and I want to do whatever I could do on Yontif for Matzah Yontif, just as an example, I'm not allowed to light up my home. It's not only lighting related. Bakhlal, I'm not allowed to use Yamtiv for after Yamtiv. I can't use my time of Yamtiv for after Yamtiv. I'll give you an example. I'm happy you're looking at me. The example <laughs> is no, no, no. I'm not allowed to sleep on Shabbos or on Yamtiv to be rested for Matzah Shabbos. In order to do something. I'm not allowed to do that. I am allowed to sleep on Shabbos to enjoy my Shabbos better. Now, I know de facto that if I'm going to get uh, asleep on Shabbos, I will also be more rested Matzah Shabbos. Nothing wrong with that. But using of the time of Shabbos or Yom Tif, exclusively for after Shabbos or Yom Tif, is not, not nice. Not nice. Like who is serving whom? Mundane should serve holy. Holy should never serve mundane. But if you're having company... 
Yantav afternoon. Yep. And it's really dark outside. Then there's a mitzvah to, to then light. Then you can use. Then it's a mitzvah to light from oh. prelit. In other words, any activity that you are doing on Yantav for Yantav is either permitted or mitzvah. Any activity that you do on Yantav only for at the Yantav is always prohibited. Are we good so far? In that context, the Shulchan Aruch is speaking about in the time before we had electricity, a shul was a place, it's a public place, and there was a need of constantly lighting candles. They're constantly lighting candles. They used to have these huge candelabras that had probably holders for a hundred, you know, what we would call seven-day candles. And they're, they're, forget about the mess on the floor, but they're being burnt up. They're being burnt up. And people would continuously, one went out, you would rekindle it, you would relight it, you would rekindle it, you would relight it. So one might have thought that lighting candles in shul in the afternoon. You already have candles. Why do you have to light more candles? It's because you want that in three hours from now, you shouldn't have to light all of them. It might be viewed as an activity that's being done only for after Yantiv. And if that would have been the case, it would have been forbidden. So the Shulchan Aruch says, no, that in a shul you can light all candles the whole time on Yantav, even the second day Yantav in the afternoon. Why? Because there is a mitzvah to light candles in a shul, period. There is a mitzvah to have the environment of the shul lit up the whole time. Even during the day, light a candle. It's a mitzvah. So it's not considered doing something from Shabbos to the weekday. Many shuls, if you'll notice, you'll walk in there, there's something that's called Ner Tamid. Ever saw that? A Ner Tamid, which is normally going to be placed in front of the Arun Kaidish, is going to be nowadays that we have electricity. There's going to be something hanging, and that won't even have a switch. The concept is, is for that light to be on 24-7. Why do we have a candle kindled in a shul? Who knows? In case we needed to use it for another reminder, isn't that something with a carbon related? Anyone else? Anyone else? So let me, let me give you two reasons that's brought down. One reason is because when there is a minion and therefore the Shekhinah is there, and a candle represents the Shekhinah. Reason number two, because since the shul always has Kedusha in it, like the Beis HaMikdash, in the Beis HaMikdash, on the Mizbeach, there were many pyres, many pyres. One of them was meant just to be there to have constant light. The big pyre was to burn karbanis. There was a big pyre. There was a big pile of wood. But there was one that was there always to have fire burning because since God is always present in the temple, we manifest that through having candle, fire. Since a shul is like a mini Beis Amikdash, in the Beis Amikdash they would have that pyre not only during the karbanis. They would have it there 24-7. So therefore, the shul should always have fire lit. And again, in the context that we discussed, and therefore, if in a shul, a fire goes out, a candle goes out on Yontav in the afternoon, even though there's enough light on, you can light that as well, because it's not doing something on Yontav for after Yontav, you're doing something for Yontav for Yontav. There's a mitzvah to have candles lit in the shul the whole time.
We good so far? Okay, so now to understand this, this has to be understood. So first, just to acknowledge that you see, it's not so dissimilar to one of the three mitzvahs that are, yes, uniquely connected to women, Chana. Chana is the mitzvah of Chala. Chala is not only obligatory on women, to make it clear for halachically, that anyone who's making a halachic dough, not a batter, batter defined in halacha, that's something that pours out. When you're making a cake, you're not separating chala. Why? Because it's not solid enough. You can't take a fistful of dough. It pours. Any any mixture of a product of the five grains. The five grains is wheat, barley, spelt, oats, or rye. Not all of them. Any one of them. Mixed with water. Mixed with water. If you have the amount of two and a half pounds or more, you're high if to separate challah, men or women. Nevertheless, there is a unique connection between challah and women. We're not going to speak about this right now. Halachically, there is an obligation that when Shabbos comes in, the house should be lit up. It's an obligation on the home. The house may not be dark when Shabbos comes in. How do we expel the dark? By lighting a candle. Who is mechuyev to light the candle? Wife. So the chiyuv will fall first on the woman. So it's a woman-related mitzvah, but just for the record, if the wife is not there, a man is mechuyev to make halakas night of Shabbos, and he'll make the same. Bracha shekidishonu b'mitzvayisav v'tzivanu l'hadlik nershal Shabbos minik chabad. Al Tadebe added the word kodesh. He added the word kodesh again, parenthetically, that. We're not allowed to add two blessings. The blessings were formulated by the Anshe Knesset Sagdoila. We cannot tamper with it. The only reason why we are allowed to add the word Kaidish is because you finish the bracha. You finish the bracha. You who make the bracha normally, you're not allowed to answer Amen after your own bracha. There are exceptions. I know in benching, I know the exceptions. That's a rule. If I make a bracha, I'm not allowed to answer Amin. Other people have to answer Amin. So when you make the bracha, lahadlik nesha Shabbos, you finished. There's nothing else that you need to say. So when you're adding the word Kaidish, what are you doing wrong? Nothing. You didn't change the bracha. You ended the bracha. Why am I saying that? What happens if it's Shabbos and Yantiv? This year, Shavuos. Shabbos and Yamtiv, you make two brachas, and you don't make two brachas. I'm sorry, you don't make two separate brachas, right? You, it's together. There you'll notice. There you don't say lahat leknashal Shabbos kodesh v'shal yantiv. You're not allowed to do that because there you are in the middle of the bracha. Just, just time to have that. You don't say kodesh. Don't say kodesh. Say That's why you don't say kodesh. I, never yeah. I think I, I mean I know. It doesn't matter. Okay, it's time just as a side note. I did. Right, right. That's why. Because they didn't say kodesh. I don't know why. Because the Alter Rebbe decided to add Kodesh. But who gave him the right to do it? You know, you don't have the right to, to change brachas. Because he felt, you're not changing anything. You finished the bracha. You're just adding a little. You're f- adding, so no, there's adding in middle. That's changing. Once you finish. But when you finish benching the Shabbos candles. And then you make a whole Yehi Ratzon. Are you allowed to do it? Of course you can do it. But you're not, but you're changing the bracha. You're not changing the, you finish the bracha. And now you're adding your own tefillah. After you finish the bracha, you can say what you want. So therefore, since the bracha is over Lahatik and Shabbos, you can say Kodesh. But whenever you have to say Shabbos and Yantiv, anyways, that's just a side note. Yeah. But so so what, why did the old, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. It's okay, go ahead. So 
when you say Shabbat and Yom Tov, you don't say Kodesh. I'm not allowed to. Okay, what were you saying? I'm just curious. I, I didn't, and I don't know if you said it. What, why did the Alter Rebbe add Kodesh? I don't know. Oh. Or maybe you can ask the question, why didn't they add Kodesh? That's a better question. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, coming back no, over. It, it just makes so sense. much sense. It makes sense. Thank you. So yeah. the question is on them. Okay, yeah. good kasha. It doesn't matter. Many other questions. Exactly. Add to the list of kashas. The rest with the not, 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 not dialogue when they created yeah, the, the, the original. Why? Why is having the word Kodesh so important? Well, how is it not having co- important? Kodesh is such it's a holy right. day. No, for sure. Right. But I'm just, saying, okay, they let's 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 leave it up. Okay. okay, I want let me come back over here. What are we talking about? Well, just to make it clear, just as an intro, but there is a unique connection to women, which is why if a man and a woman are home, the mitzvah first will fall on the woman. In the Beis HaKnesses, which is our topic, there's a similar mitzvah to have the environment lit up. It's very similar. Having the environment lit up, like when you light the candles. First of all, most people today have electricity on. So you already have your, your dining room, your living room lights on. You're adding, like we're learning here. Even if there's candles lit in the shul on Yom Tif, you can add more light. The more, the better. And it's part of the mitzvah. When you're lighting, first of all, the mitzvah is to light one. The minig is to light two, minimum. Shomer v'zacher. I'm talking about Chavez candles. Then many people have a minig for every child. And then you have the shame that, that we have to get rid of that. That if I forgot once, I, I want to just make it for the record that whoever forgot light to Shabbos candles, don't think you have to jump and light every week for the rest of your life. It's not applied properly. It's not applied properly. It's my big mistake, this. And, and so when people are not bothered, it doesn't bother me if you want to do it. There's nothing wrong with it. I know elder, my, my, my sister told me that she used to dorm. She dormed with Rebetzin Mentlik. I don't know. My sister dormed with 90-year-olds. They had like 800 candles. Okay. If the mama, she says like the, the whole thing. But but if some of the people more shy than to my generation, they feel very uncomfortable. And uh, whoever you speak to, you find out what really, really happened. Halachically, what really, really happened does not obligate them in mamish almost all cases to keep online. Again, just to add another thing that many women who already did it, since they already did it, based on a erroneous application of halacha, they have to do atadas nadarim, which we did many times in shul. So you get three. And pe- then you reduce the number. Yeah, if yeah, they want go to. Back you could, to Go back. If you want to like your own to hate, you, the, the woman has to say that had I known that I was never mukhoyev to do it, I never would have done it. So and three people tell her that mutterlach, mutterlach, mutterlach. And anyways, you have that's. To do it in shul? Uh, no, you have to have in front of a halachic basin. It doesn't have to be in shul. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there right now. Okay. I want to come back. I'm okay. pushed. I have to leave early. Okay. But I just want to put it out there. People might listen to this because I know many people are so angry with this. It's Geferlach. Okay. okay. They feel like so, they're being ashamed forever. I made a mistake once. By forgetting. Uh, by forgetting because you have whatever, you whatever the reason. Extra life, it's not about the extra life. It's not about the money. It's about the shame. I thought you only have four kids. Why are there five? What is, what's going on over here? Okay. Okay. Anyways, coming back over here. So uh, people are familiar with, and it sounds like it's a nice mitzvah, you're lighting a candle, you're lighting a candle. There's some things that Hasidah says, Halavai will understand it fully, but even understanding it a little bit, it's so enlightening. It will mamish make you understand this mitzvah better. So here we go. There is a Pasuk that is quoted often in Hasidus. It's a Pasuk from Tanakh, I think said by King Solomon. Kineir mitzvah v'toyra'ir. Kineir mitzvah 
that a lamp, a mitzvah is like a lamp, like a candle, and Torah is light. Before we go into why is this a lamp and that light, before we get into that detail, generally, let's put them both together, that Torah and mitzvahs, they bring light. Why do we use light as a example of, as an insight to better understand Torah or mitzvahs? Whatever you'll say will be correct. Hasidus focuses on one of the many reasons, and that is as following. Light does not add anything. That means that when there, there is a room here filled with stuff. Whether you see it or not, it does not change reality. The difference is simply whether you will be aware or whether you will be unaware. This is a very big concept to deeply understand. Many people in life discover about an event that happened. And they are in a lot of pain if the event is painful or they are in a lot of joy if the event elicits joy. What most people don't realize is that your knowledge or lack of knowledge that thing was already there. Yeah, you might be feeling the pain right now because you became aware of it right now. But you're lucky that you became aware of it because that was there anyways. At least now you know what is. Instead of you living in a lie, you're living in the Emmas. There is the event. And then there is me being aware of an event. Me knowing what is. Light is not a thing. Light is not a ten. light is not a thing. Light enables me, the observer, to see what is. This is a big idea. It's very, very important to fully grasp it. And in the context of Yiddishkeit, in the context of Yiddishkeit, there is a perpetual war going on. And peace has to be made. And this is the war. It's a war. It's a Muhammad. It's a conflict. That there is a truth. And it's not a truth. It's mamish the truth. What's the truth? That God is. And you know why we don't see that truth the way we should? Because the way God made the world, the world as is, not the bad world or the good world, the world, Olam Hazak, hides that truth. If you open up your eyes and you look, what do you see? You see a room. You don't see God. Reality as it naturally presents itself to us by default, this is by God's design. And it's a beautiful thing, the world. It's mamish beautiful and we should see the world. We don't even see the world. It's amazing. See the world. But without avoida, you only see the world and you don't see God. We don't see God. See the world. And that's the real deepest conflict. The world is at war with God. By being. Because really there's only one being. Most people who hear this don't really care. You should really care. Because this is the the conflict. Many people have to go through many steps to, to, to appreciate that. 
This is the, and if you re, and what's the solution to this conflict? What's the solution to this conflict? What's the resolution to this conflict? By seeing God. And by seeing that the world is not hiding God, the world is expressing God. You have to see reality for what it really is. And the, the world is the most beautiful ex- manifestation of God. It's limited because we're limited. But you know what? That's the, great, that's the greatest part of God, that God can manifest in, in, as a limited. That God can bring himself down to our level for us. God is not stuck in himself. And we can speak on, Hasidah speaks about this and speaks about this, speaks about this, but just the words. So the conflict, the conflict is that world is hiding God, however else you want to word it. From us. From us. And the resolution to that conflict is us reaching a place where when we look at the world, we don't see a world that's hiding God. We see a world that's expressing God. What helps me reach that place generally? Torah brings light into my life. Torah is not changing what is. What is that there is a God? Yes. There is a world? Yes. But if I'm still in the dark, I won't see it properly. The default, the default reaction which happens to all mankind when you look at the world is that you see world and not God. And I'm not even talking about when we see horrible choices that people make in which evil manifests. That's even a bigger conflict because if there is God, how can this happen? And then personalize it and then you'll see the real conflict. How can God allow that to happen to me? It can only be that there's no God or there's no personal God. Because the human brain cannot put together God and Hitler. But when you speak about Hitler for our generation, not for you, for my generation, it's, it's removed already. So a person should look at that in their life, which is extremely painful, painful that I can't bear this. You see that? The biggest reason why one is in anguish, people are not aware of it, is because deep down we desperately need to see God. We need that. And we're losing it because I can't hold in my head God and this. But I'm not even going to to the manifestation of of, of this of this conflict. Stop. Go into the most beautiful part of the of the natural world. Look at it. What do you see? You don't see God. You see world. And it's not MS. You're not seeing the truth. Not that there is no world. There is a beautiful world, but the world is not hiding God. The world is expressing God. Who would, who will turn? What gives me that enlightenment? The Torah. It's very important. Torah is not adding. The Torah is not changing the world. The Torah is not changing anything. The Torah is simply enlightening that which is, allowing me to be aware of what is and not to live in my delusion. And living in delusion, no matter how beautiful the delusion is, will never work. There will be a collapse. Always. Okay. Now, that's step number one. Step number two is, based on that, based on this MS, 
beautiful. Why is Torah oil and mitzvah light, a lamp? Like Torah oil that I got. When a yid learns Torah, the way we should learn Torah, we become enlightened. You look at the world and you see God. You look at a rainbow and you say, wow, I see this fetus. Which is what it is. The physical manifestation of this, the closest to that is the rainbow. But you see God. You don't see just something separated from. Not that God created it out there. This is a manifestation of it. It's like big. This is a big topic. These are just the simple words. So what's the lamp? What's the candle? What's the candle? What does the candle add? And why is that connected to mitzvahs? So this is the word. The word is like this, is that when you are enlightened, like we just mentioned, light doesn't change anything. It does not change anything. You knowing what is versus you not knowing what is changes nothing. Even though you're freaking out, you're having a break, I can't believe that happened. Okay, that's you have to align yourself from going out of your delusion to what is. But what is is the same. The light doesn't change anything. What is a lamp? Or what is a mitzvah? A mitzvah takes this idea to the next level. What's the next level? That it's not only that the world naturally, naturally is manifesting God. It's all a manifestation of God. But when I, let's say, when I make a mezuzah, so I'm taking a behemoth and I'm taking uh, certain uh, herbs, making it into ink, and I'm turning it into a mezuzah, God's manifestation is that much more. When you look at a mezuzah, you see God a lot more than when you look at a cow. When you look at a mezuzah, you see not only a manifestation of God, but you see a manifestation of something that's very deep within God. You see a manifestation of something very deep within God, and that is God's will. God wants for this to be the way it is. God doesn't want the world to be without a mezuzah. God created a cow. God doesn't want for the cow just to remain the cow. God ultimately wants that some cow part should turn into my Sefer Torah. So it's all about God. You're seeing how the world is not only not covering God, how the world is manifesting God. But what part of God? What part of God? Mitzvahs is the closest we can get to God. It's like the deepest part of God that we can get to without without having a breakdown. Because I'm seeing God's will. Like when you see a person, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Let me tell you something. If you know what they want, then you're seeing them a lot better. So God availed himself to be seen by us, not only through the world, but to see what he wants from the world. And what does God want from the world? He wants for the mitzvahs to happen. So when you're doing a mitzvah, you're actually, in most of them, you're taking part of the world and you're changing it. You're You're changing it based on the premise that prior to your change, to begin with, it wasn't fighting with God. I was in the dark. No, the world always was an expression of God. But God wants so much more from the world. And if I turn it into that much more, ooh, now that's the lamp. Why a lamp? Why a lamp? Because think about what happens when you light a candle with a lamp. Don't think about electricity, which is why mystically we don't use electricity, even though halachically for Shabbos candles, you can make a bracha on this 
as women do in a hospital, only for good things, Amen. You make a bracha. When you open up the tea light with the battery. Mamish. What happens? You take oil. Oil is something, Gashmizdik. And you see how something gets transformed. And it's not just transformed. It's even better than tefillin. You're transforming something that is very tangible. And you're showing how the tangible is becoming light. Physically. It's the idea of the mitzvahs, which is true by all the mitzvahs, happens even physically with a candle. Kabbalah. All mitzvahs are candles. Ki ner mitzvah v'toyer or ner mitzvah not ner Shabbos. Mitzvahs are all. A mitzvah is a candle. Candle meaning that the can, it begins with toyer. We have to be enlightened. The world is not covering over God. The world is not denying God. The world is manifesting God. And I have the ability that the world shouldn't only manifest God on a superficial level, it's worded that way, that the world is able through my effort of changing the world, Begashmi is to manifest for God's will to come out in the world. Right? You want to express yourself? Okay, so when you, when, so there is the way you are, and then there is, I discovered that this is what I want, and then when you do what you want, you're manifesting a deeper part of you. God wants to also manifest his deeper part of us, but there's a catch. God doesn't want for him to do it. He could, he's almighty, he did it in other worlds. He wants for you to do it for him. He wants for me to do it for him. So when I do a mitzvah, through my mitzvah, the world is now expressing the ratzin of God, the inner part of God. Wow. And now when you look at a mitzvah, you see God's will. When you look at a cow, you see God manifest in the cow. Not God. It sounds like Are we good so far? These are big ideas. And therefore, for example, it says that in the Beis Amikdash, in the Beis Amikdash, there were 10 miracles that happened. Every single day, and actually the Gemara enumerates other miracles that sound like out of the world, that you wonder why were not mentioned in Pirkei Yavis, which is another whole topic. Do you know that in the Beis Hamikdash there was a vine? There was a vine not made out of wood, but it was a golden, man-made vine type of ornament that would grow grapes, golden grapes. So what Goyesh and Narash book has this golden something, right? From something, I forgot, something, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. Laying the golden egg, something with the golden yeah. eggs. And the, yeah. No, no, there was something, some other Narash guy. Anyway, they, they all, they... No, 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 there was something else. There was a, there was a midget with that. No, it doesn't matter. That, that's it. That, 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 that. And by the way, that's Shara B'Tachin. What we learn in Shara B'Tachin, the acclimist. That was the acclimist. Alchemy. That's it, that's it. But coming the mamish. But coming back over it, they stole it all from us and then they perverted it. And that's how everything gets messed up. That in the Beis Amikdash, there was a, a concept of from nothing, from a golden vine, that golden, golden grapes will grow. What did they mean? The, the was, the Alpinigla was, and every now and then they would gather them. We learned this in the Gemara, the way I said it then, is that, like in a shul, like you ask people to donate golden, you ask people to donate, that's the pshat, the golden uh, grapes. So let's say the grape costs 10 grand, you charge 18 grand, but then you only make 8 grand one time. So every now and then you would gather it to make room for more. You know the shuls that have the plaques with names and then it's full, so what do you do? 
you make new ones, and then you have to know when the guy, when the donor comes, that's all. I remember in yeshiva, when the donors would come, you have the old rabbis, they would take off this plaque to put that plaque because they overplaqued everything. So that's the shot in the temple. Every now and then, they would sell new uh, plaques. But I'll pee, I'll pee, uh, could be I'll pee, I miss it. was Takaneskip Shutei, that it grew. Okay, I'm getting off. This, this is just a saying that there were big miracles in the temple. Big miracles. Ten of them I mentioned. In Pirkeiovis, the ten of the Pirkeiovis are not even in the temple because some of them were about Yerushalayim. The whole thing doesn't has to be understood. One nest that happened in the Beis Hamikdash is that one of the seven candles of the Menorah never went out. Not Hanukkah. One time it happened. It didn't go out for eight days. The Neir Hamaravi, the Western light. Which one was Western? Three opinions. Leave it to us. Machloikis doesn't matter. The concept. There was one of the seven. You lit it. They lit it once. It never went out. You put oil, the oil should have lasted for around 12 hours. All the other six went out. One never stopped burning. Never stopped burning. So the Gemara says that why did God make that miracle? So there should be a testament or there should be testimony. For all of the people in the world that the Shekhinah is actually living amongst the Jewish people. Nice, but one second. Why Dafka with that? Why couldn't there be a miracle that's easier to see? Don't forget, the Menorah was in the, in, the, in the sanctuary. No one was allowed to go into the sanctuary. No one even saw it. So if God wants to show how he's living amongst us, he should make a miracle in, in the whole city of Yerushalayim, which he did. Or he should make a miracle, which he did, that, the, that the, the smoke column that would go up from the outer altar that was seen from the distance never got scattered from the wind. No matter how windy it got, I mean, that's kind of awesome. No matter how windy it got, it didn't break the column, you know, with the smoke column that you see going up. But the Gemara, the Chazal, that the God wants for the world to know that the Shekhinah with the Jewish people is connected to the candle. That's the answer, because that's the whole pshat. God is in the whole world. The Shekhinah is everywhere, but it's concealed. When you have a group of people that learn enough Torah, it becomes more revealed. Or if you are in a holy place, even without any effort of yours, since the place is holy, it will be easier for you to see it without work. I believe that God is everywhere. Very nice. Open up your eyes in the morning. Do you see God? Not everyone, not always. In a holy place, you'll see God more. And even more than that, when we're speaking about a mitzvah, does a mitzvah manifest God? I think it's easier for us to see. We don't see the we don't see what we would like to see, but we see a mitzvah, at least you see a mitzvah, this is something holy. We know, oh, tefillin is holy, it's sefer trader is holy, we, we feel that way. More than anything is the candle, a mitzvah candle. Because that's, the mitzvah candle is expressing the idea behind the mitzvah being a lamp. That we, through our manipulation of the world, we transform it. The world isn't only revealing God's desire for a world, the world is revealing some inner need that God has, which is mitzvahs. That's what a candle is. This is good. Now come and come into your house and come into a shul. Men have a mitzvah to light. That's what that's the halach of this week. That we have a mitzvah to light up the shul with candles. Why? Because the shul is a holy place. That's exactly the point. 
It goes, I don't even know what's the cause and what's the effect. Since the shul is a holy place, that means that in a shul, one is able not only to see God, even though there's a building, don't see the building, see God behind the building, within the building. But more than that, we should see how the world is expressing God. The world is not in conflict with God. The world is a, an expression of God. And the world can even express God's deepest desires is expressed in the world, in the Gashmi. And then something which looks tangible won't even look that tangible to you. It actually won't even be tangible anymore. You're going to go from tangible to light. From Gashmi to Ruchni. Mamish, which is a lamp. You go from oil to what? To light. You elevated the Gashmi so good that it isn't even Gashmi anymore. What is it? It's light. Light means now I see that it's really God. Now I see that the world is not hiding God. Now I see that the world is revealing God. Now I see that the world is revealing the deepest part of God. And when the deepest part of God comes out, the tangibility, the coarseness, is not there anymore. Begashmi is by a candle. Men are obligated to do that in the outer world. What part of the world, of the outer world, could be made holy on that level? A shul. It's out there. It's out, but it's the holiest part of the world out there. And inside, who has the koyach to make it inside? That's the, that's the mitzvah that women have. Where does that manifest inside the home? Even though halachically, like we mentioned, if no women are there, men are mechoyif to light. And in the shul, if there has to be the Ned Hamaravi, if there has to be candles lit for prayer, if a man is not lighting it, let the woman light it. But it's more about the koyach. The koyach of a man is to light up the world, and the koyach, no, to light up the outer, and the koyach of the woman is to light up the inner. And they are manifest with this unique mitzvah. And you have very few mitzvahs that are connected to candles. Shabbos, Nedah Shabbos, Vyantiv. And natives, and natives of a shul. I just want to say that people think about it. It's not true that men light up Hanukkah Menoida, love Dafka, because the Hanukkah Menoida really is not meant to be lit in the home. Now we light it, Golos. If you know, now it's Yisrael. Now we're ready. Many people live in here in LA. They're lighting it where it belongs. It doesn't belong in the home. So Hanukkah is once a year. And Hanukkah doesn't have this timidi. Doesn't have this timidi. And, um, and in the shul, there's a beautiful thing to have it lit always. And I would even argue f- further that I think some women merit ad to have one of your Shabbos candles not go out that quick. You're going to have that experience. You're going to light it, wake up next morning, lit 10 candles, one of them will still be burning. That 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 has to happen. That's going to happen. I mean, it happened with Sari Menu every week, always. It happened from Friday to Friday. <coughs> but don't think it's Shaykh to the past. This is something that has to happen now. And these are miracles. If, if you get it, if you're connected to this concept. All right, any questions? I I have to end early. I explained that I have a passing. Bastamski passed away. My Mechutin's mother passed away. I'm going to have to run 